any of us ever know what it is to become the perfect version of ourselves. This is Decoding Superhuman with your host, Boomer Anderson. Hello there, Superhuman. It's Boomer Anderson here. Thank you for joining me on this journey as we stop in yet another episode of the Decoding Superhuman podcast. Just a reminder on the purpose of this podcast, we go all the way out to the fringes, back to the mainstream, in this lovely world we call hell. We separate true from false to absolute hearsay and give you bite-sized pieces of actionable information which you can use in your everyday life to perform better, whether that's in the boardroom or in the bedroom. The topic today is mindset, and it's something that I've really wanted to talk about for a long time because it's truly important when it comes to having a systems view of health. I've been looking for the right expert, the right person to deliver the right message to all of our listeners. And today, I'm pleased to have on Dr. Ryan Wolfert. He graduated summa cum laude from the University of Michigan in the kinesiology and movement science area. He went on to earn yet another Bachelor's of Science as well as a doctorate at the National College of Chiropractic in Lombard, Illinois. Shout out to all my Illinois people out there. He's also a certified strength and conditioning specialist as well as a chiropractic sports physician. Over the last two decades, Dr. Wolfert has owned multiple chiropractic health and nutrition clinics. He's helped thousands of patients get better, live healthier lives, and develop an abundance mindset. And finally, in 2016, he started the FitFamilyMan.com, his virtual practice to help dads and husbands build their family man six-pack. He'll explain what that is later. Dr. Wolfert has been married to his wife for 15 years. They have three children, and he describes them as the reason why he has become the Fit Family Man. In this episode, we get into, well, first we start at the basics. What is health? Why is health not the absence of disease? We talk about mindset. What is abundance and what, how does that actually relate to mindset? Dr. Wolford provides tips as well as a four-step action plan for anyone to develop an abundance mindset. And finally, I get the answer to a question that a lot of podcast listeners have asked me. How do they get more sleep when you have two, three kids? The notes for this episode can be found at decodingsuperhuman.com backslash abundance mindset. I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Dr. Ryan Wolfert. Dr. Ryan Wolfert, welcome to the show. Oh, Boomer, it's awesome to be here. I appreciate you having me. This is great because we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, abundance. I love it. I love it. We're going to talk about the abundance mindset. And I I think abundance in general is a a subset of mindset, which is something that I spent most of the past 18 months focusing on. And it's it's truly great to have you here, man. Like I said, it's my pleasure to be on here, my honor, because I love talking about abundance, talking about mindset, especially, and how that they both relate to each other. All right, great. So, you know, we met at Health Experts Alliance in St. Petersburg, gorgeous city, gorgeous backdrop. But I have to say, amongst the population of people that you were there, you were one of the most optimistic and positive people that I met. And I'm so glad to talk to you today because you also have a background in health. And it started in a town that I know pretty well, Lombard. But if you don't mind just touching in, how did you, how did you find health personally? I've always been active when I was a kid growing up. I'm from a, a small town, town of less than a thousand people, German, Catholic, uh, and we just went outside and played all the time. I have an older brother and two younger brothers. Me and my older brother are only 
like a year and a half apart, a little bit more separation between my next two. So me and my older brother always just be playing basketball in the backyard, wiffle ball, baseball, get the neighbors together. So it was always just kind of a way of life. And it just progressed from there. You know, my first experience, you know, with health was just, you know, working out, you know, getting ready for sports, going to the weight room and doing like bodybuilding type things, which, you know, that was pretty common back then. Trying to impress the girls, right? Yes. You know, doing a lot of back or sorry, I didn't do much back back then. And plus I could not do pull-ups whatsoever. So Mm -hmm. I've learned to love those as as, uh, years have gone on. But when you asked me this question before, you know, when we had had spoken a little bit, I, I thought back and to what was the big experience like I don't like aha moments because I think they all build on each other but if I would pick one with like how I went so in depth into health and all the different areas of health was probably about 10 11 years ago where my my grandma got sick you know she uh, got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and I you know I'd been treating her in my office up until that point and I would still after she got diagnosed go to her house and see her every week but one thing I, I, that I noticed big time was for the last three months, I think about two to three months, like my mom and dad and, you know, my aunts and uncles all took 24-hour shifts taking care of her at her house. And you know what? I, I saw that. And what I took away from that is I want to take care of my health. I need to take care of my health now and, you know, in the long into the future and learn how to do as much as I can for it. Again, I'm not going to be perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect with it. But I saw how they had to take care of their parent. I don't want my girls, because I have three girls, uh, 14, 12, and 10, and I don't want them to have to take care of me. So this was back even before I think we had our third one, or just right around that time, that I'm like, you know what? I don't want them to have to do that for me. And I don't like those type of goals where I don't want but I want to take care of myself so I can take care of them. That was the first instance where I saw it or that I remember. Then I see that with my other grandparents and my parents and and just patients in general where, you know, they come in saying they have to take care of their parents. And that's just extra, you know, inspiration for me to to keep going with mine and, and not just help with me, but obviously I want to help that with my patients and clients and health participants and everybody that I encounter. You touched on a good point. Like we owe it to our environment, the relationships that we have to do the most we can for, for our health to be the best person possible because I'm the exact same way. You know, my parents are getting older. I don't necessarily have the time right now to be there 24 seven. My grandparents, similar issues to it sounds like yours where my parents had to take care of them. And I definitely don't want that for my children. You know, when I have those children, that is. What you're doing now, I mean, even before you have kids, that's a perfect time to learn how to take care of yourself. Build up these habits first. And, you know, yes, when you have kids, it adds one more thing. But if you already have that good background and that good, those good habits in place, then it's going to be a lot easier to incorporate. How would you define health? for the broader audience listening? I like to keep things simple. You know, I mean, I I like the science, but I can't like spout it out like a lot of people can, like the research studies. What I know, and this is the definition, is health is the optimal functioning of your body. Physically, chemically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, all those things together. Health, it's not just, okay, I'm not sick, or I don't have symptoms, or I feel good, or I look good. It's more than that. It's a, 
it's a higher state of wellness and being. And, you know, wellness, well, it's been around for a little while now, but that kind of took over as health. But health and wellness, to me, are pretty much the same thing. But, yeah, it's basically your body functioning. If your body and mind are functioning like it's supposed to, like it's intended, then your body's going to be healthy. You're going to be able to fight off disease. You're going to be able to, even if you get sick, you're going to get better. Your, your stomach's going to work. Your lungs are going to work. They're, they're there to breathe. They're there to digest food. So having tomatoes shouldn't cause your stomach to go haywire if it's actually functioning the right way and if it's a good tomato, you know. You may be able to avoid the flu, right? Like everybody right. else. Yeah, uh, that's, you know, that's a... That's a touchy subject, I imagine. It is, because people think you're crazy when you look at them. So many patients like, no, I got a cold, don't, don't shake my hand. I, I shake their hand and I, one time I even rub my face after I shake my hand. I said, check back with me in two weeks. I bet I won't be sick. And that starts with the whole mindset thing is we're just so scared about germs because guess what? You don't shake my hand or you, you don't do this. As soon as you touch that doorknob, guess what's on that? And I don't want to scare people, but that's what it is. We're opening doors left and right and germs are everywhere. So it's our job to make our bodies be able to not get sick. And if we do know what to do to get over as fast as possible. Let's move to mindset. And specifically, you, you mentioned it already. We already discussed it as the topic for the show. But mindset, how does it affect your health overall? So let's, let's go back mindset. What is mindset? It's basically how you perceive the world and perceive your experiences that you've had or even other people's experiences. To keep it simple, again, there's two types of mindset. There's a fixed and then a growth mindset. And, you know, this is from you know, Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, which is a great book. Obviously. Excellent book. Yes. And I read that and I was like, holy cow. And I've actually just recently read it, but it's one that's going to be part of my rotation where I constantly refer to it is, you know, fixed mindset is what you have now is what you're always going to have. You know, the characteristics and the abilities that you have, you can't really develop them. It's, you know, they're, they're carved in stone. Whereas a growth is all right, I can get better through effort, through learning. I can improve my abilities and my characteristics. So obviously those are the polar opposites. So if you go into your health thinking, you know, if you have a fixed mindset about your health that it's based off the genetics that you have, what your siblings have, what your parents have. If you go into it thinking, well, people at work, you know, if, you know, in my, in my office, cubicle area, wh wherever you work, if you say, well, they got sick, so now I'm going to get sick. I mean, as soon as you say, I'm going to get sick, there's a really good chance that's already getting that in play. And the belief that, becomes the reality, right? Well, belief right there. Biology of belief. Um, have you, you know, uh, uh, Bruce Lipton? Yes. And, you know, listening to his book, his audio book, Biology of Belief. The one thing that stuck out, I mean, a lot of things, but the one thing that stuck out huge was they took two identical cells and they place them in different environments. So they have the same DNA, the same genetics. They put, put one in a certain environment and then another in like a different environment. One turned into a fat cell and the other one turned into a muscle cell. It's not just the genetics, it's the environment that you place it in. So if we put our, our cells, our body, in a negative environment, in a stress-filled environment, what do you think those cells are going to do? they're going to react. They're going to release certain chemicals. Those electrical impulses are going to get to the brain, and then your body's going to react to those in a stressful situation or a negative situation because that's the environment that we put it in. 
abundance, the concept of it, is relatively recent, right? Well, at least uh, it's gaining more popularity. How did you come across this at first? Was it, you mentioned Carol Dweck, was it her or was it something else that really triggered the, the mindset for you? So the first, my first experience with it was, so I was in North Carolina for the first six, seven years of my career. And people were like, why would you move back to there? <laughs> and because all my family's here, my wife's family's in the Chicago area. So we moved back to here to be closer to family. This is when we had two daughters. And then soon thereafter, we got pregnant with our third. So we're, we're happy with that. We just wanted to have family around. And my grandma always said, you can't have a relationship with the weather. Like, I always remember that too. Like, that's, a, that's a good point. That, that's great advice considering I live in Amsterdam and we get four seasons a day. So. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, when I first moved back here 2007, somebody told me about The Secret the movie, The Secret, mm -hmm. and, you know, the law of attraction, and I was like, wow, and I saw how it applied to my life, just in the smallest of ways, because I, I played basketball all my life, I would remember, if I would go in for a layup, and say, don't miss it, more times than not, I would miss it, if I didn't have that thought in my head, or if it was, okay, make it, you got this, I would make it, so just, even just that little bit, I'm like, I, I just, I don't know why I related to that, but that was, that's what I related it to. And then it just built from there. Three years ago, I got reintroduced and reacquainted with, a, reconnected with a friend of mine. His name's Brian Grasso. He was like in the youth conditioning field, and that's where I knew him through his strength and conditioning and certifications and, and his youth, International Youth Conditioning Association. And he had actually, you know, evolved in his life into like a mindset part of it. And, you know, he, just like I do with my patients, it's part of their treatment, just like what he did with his athletes. It was part of their training, but now he, he created something that was called the Mindset Performance Institute, and that was really the first time I heard mindset in that way, mm -hmm. and so I was talking to him and went through a mentorship and a training with him, and it just opened my eyes to what I can do for my life and what was holding me back because in business, I was holding myself back. I realized that my health, it was really good, but I was able to take it even higher. But where I noticed it the most was in the business realm of it, where I was telling me these self-limiting, these stories in my head that, you know, once you put them out there and you just, you look at it and you, you bring awareness to it, it doesn't hold water, but it's sometimes not that simple just to start saying affirmations or, or setting goals. I used to do that all the time. I'd go out in my garage and say affirmations and with feeling. And six months later, I mean, I, I, it was this, everything felt the same. It was the same. So I knew there was something else. And he finally was saying the things I was thinking. It kind of made it okay. It's like, okay, I'm not the only one that thinks that. It's like, there's got to be some better way or more effective way. Because what I was doing wasn't working with setting goals every year, resolutions. And like I said, the affirmations. So yeah, that's that's where I first got started into the mindset part. And how did this, uh, or forgive me if this was the training you went through, but how did this trickle into abundance? And if you don't mind just defining abundance for people. Yeah, well, abundance for me is living the life that I want, enjoying my life, not being in a fixed mindset, but being in a growth mindset, continuing to grow, 
and it's not just abundance because some people might think either in spiritual terms or money terms. It's all encompassing for me, just like health. It's very similar to health where it's all encompassing, where it depends on the person. If it's wanting to be successful in business, then boom, there's, there could be a season for that. In, in the book, The One Thing, have you ever read that book? Uh, Gary Keller, it's a great yeah. book. Like one of the lies he says is balance is a lie, which after reading that, I do realize that, I, yes, I think balance is a lie. I think you can go back and forth with what's important to you at that time or what's a priority to you. But I do like to have some type of balance with my family. I don't want to be working all the time. I want to create an impact. But there's also going to be trade-offs depending on which route that you go. Abundance is happiness. That's another good word for it. It's happiness in who you are and knowing who you are and not worrying about what your neighbors have, what your coworkers have, what your friends have, and being comfortable with your core values and what you're trying to do. Now, for you, what does abundance mean to you? It's a good question. Um, something I have to think about a little bit more, but when I think of abundance, it's just, you know, living a life that is uh, of complete fulfillment to me. I think back to my previous life and how I used to just crave material things. And not that that's bad as sort of a goal, uh, but also I, I think you can become overwhelmed with that and sucked into that, that world of just craving material things, whether it's the, the really nice sports car, the really overly large apartment. But abundance to me is just looking at the world in terms of just a, an open-minded happiness, to use uh, your term. And one of the people that I always look to in this field is uh, Peter Diamandis. I'm not sure if you follow him, but I do some work with Singularity University. And Singularity University is basically founded by Ray Kurzweil as well as Peter Diamandis. And Peter Diamandis wrote a book entitled Abundance. And it just looks at the world in terms of we no longer have this win-lose situation. Now, what if it becomes a world of win-win? And we're looking at situations where because of technologies out there, whether it's AI or a number of other things that 80% of the world may not need to work physically in the next 20, 30 years. And as a result, we should be looking at how do we help each other as a civilization and how do we elevate each other rather than just, you know, going out and sort of this, I hate the phrase dog eat dog because it reminds me a little too much of Atlas Shrugged but uh, in these dog-eat-dog situations. And I think you hit, had a great word there, which I can't believe I forgot, was fulfillment. Mm -hmm. that is, that, I think that encompasses that perfectly. And one of my favorite quotes is uh, Tony Robbins. I love Tony Robbins. I think we all do, right? Success without uh, fulfillment is the ultimate failure. I think when, when you say something like that, the person that comes to mind to me is Robin Williams, right? Won multiple awards across multiple different genres, was probably the funniest stand-up comedian I've ever seen, and you know, ended up taking his own life because he just didn't feel fulfilled. Exactly. So I That's think, mindset right there, right? <laughs> yeah, that's mindset, that's fulfillment. And that's actually part of my tagline too, so I can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> Strong focus and fulfilled. So build a strong body, focused mind and fulfilled life. Excellent. Can someone train an abundance mindset? And if so, how do you actually go about doing it? That's a perfect question. That's part of the growth mindset, right? Is knowing that, yes, you can train it. You know, my, my personality is, is what it is. And I do think there is part of that where you do have certain personality traits, but that doesn't mean you can't grow and, and get better. I'll use an example. As, you know, humans, 
in this world, we like to start with the end in mind and just go to the end and want to get to that end point without taking the steps necessary to get to that end point, not just in the short term, but you know, long term and sustainable and life lifelong. I coached my fifth grade girls basketball team and we were practicing rebounding. I said, everybody, you know, I go to the games and you know, parents and coaches like are constantly screaming out, rebound, rebound, rebound. There's three steps before rebound. So I asked him, what do you have to do before you rebound? Well, we got a box out. Okay, what's before that? And they were kind of dumbfounded because nobody's ever taken it that far. So the first step is locating who you're going to box out. You have to find it first, find them. Two is to close out on them, so go up to them. Three is the box out, and four is the rebound. So four, you know, that's the last step. If we take this with health, we want to just treat the symptom rather than, you know, down here, rather than get into the cause, which is up there. With mindset, it's very similar. We just want to start with setting goals. Like that's what a majority of the people do. Start with setting goals and affirmations and writing down, you know, I am healthy or I am rich or I have this and I have that. When their subconscious mind actually doesn't believe it. And that's where mine was. I didn't believe it. I was saying this stuff, but there was something in the back of my mind saying, yeah, 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 no, you don't. You know, you're taught that if you say it enough repetitively, if it's with feeling and you believe it, that's different. So the first thing we have to do is retrain our, our subconscious mind, that reprogramming, the retraining of that. So the first step to do that is accepting that there is something else underneath. There's some type of belief that we have. Everybody, I believe, talks to themselves. Everybody has some sort of negative self-talk self-limiting beliefs that they have about their health or they have about their, you know, business and or appearance is a common one, right? Appearance, what they, you know, what they feel like, what they look like. So that's the first thing. That's the first step. And I, again, this is something I learned through my mindset mentorship and through the Mindset Performance Institute. The second step is just becoming aware. It's simple. Just accept that you have that because we all do it. Becoming aware of what you're saying to yourself. So there are two ways that you can do that. One is you got to get quiet, you know, sit in silence. I'm not going to say meditate. You can, I think it's become a lot more common now, but you know, sitting in, you know, cross-legged or, you know, sitting on the floor and which you can, but it's just finding five minutes and just sitting there, seeing what comes into your head, bring it out of the shadow. That's the key. Cause if you don't know what you're dealing with, how are you going to deal with it? How are you going to get past that? Because that subconscious mind, that's what's driving your behaviors, your actions, your life, basically. It's like the uh, elephant. You know, you, you're on top of the elephant, right? You don't actually control the elephant, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that it's got acceptance, then there's the awareness. So those are the first two big steps to take. So I said the first one is just getting quiet. The second one, a couple of times a day, you know, you call it journaling. I call it a daily tracker. Twice a day, just write down what you're feeling, what's going through your head at that point. It, it's right there on, you know, either in, on your phone or on paper or wherever you want to do it. It's right there in front of you. And just don't filter yourself. Allow it to come out because we have to wipe that out before we can reprogram it for abundance. Uh, when you're actually journaling, so you, you've gone quiet, you see what comes into your head. And then is the journaling process right after the the quiet i guess you can say meditation if you will you can you can do that or um I mean, you could do it independently of each other as well a, a lot of times it is good to do it right after you sit in silence because those thoughts come in 
like mm -hmm. I got to do this. Oh, no, you're, you're not good at that. No, I can't do that. So those are all the things that we tell ourselves. But you could also at the end of a, or even in the middle of your day or at the end of your day where it hasn't been as productive as you would like, that's a lot of times when these thoughts come out, when you're in the heat of the moment or after the heat of the moment and you have time to, to reflect on what you went through that day. Then it becomes more automatic where first, you know, I call it identify and interrupt. So you identify, you become aware, it's the same thing. And then the next step would be to interrupt those thoughts as they come up. So once you become aware of what you're saying to yourself by doing the, you know, either sitting in silence and or doing the daily tracker, when they come up in your daily life, you just simply become aware of it, realize it's not you, that's your ego talking to you, trying to protect you. And then you just, you know, you, you stop. You almost want to create what's going to help you stop it. For me, it was like, okay, stop. You're being, you know, it's like you're talking to your ego saying you're being ridiculous. And then it's not to say the thought's not going to come right back. And you just keep doing it until you get better at it and it takes practice. And that's where the training comes. It takes time, but just, you know, looking at this process, it's, I, I know I journal quite a lot and mm -hmm. it just helps. It's funny because you, you think it, it wouldn't, but you journal out whatever you're thinking at the moment, and then it gets out of your head. Yeah. And that in itself is extremely powerful to me when I'm either having a bad day or like you said, uh, not at 100% in terms of production. So mm -hmm. yeah, this process is, is very, I, I love it. And it's something that I use almost every day. And the one thing you had asked about in the, you know, when we talked before was gratitude. Obviously, that's a big part of it too. And I think getting into that, that's always big as well is gratitude. And even if the things that I've learned and, and done is feel it, you know, you can write it down, but also feel it. That is, that's where the, the change comes in, mm -hmm. no matter how big or small it is. Absolutely. One thing I do every morning is just write down three things I'm grateful for. It's a simple task, but I find for me, writing it actually brings it more present in my mind rather than just thinking about it. But for some people, it could be the other way around. Now, do you try to do like three different things every morning? Yes, I, I don't because I know you can get on autopilot here yeah. where you're like, oh, I'm grateful for my girlfriend, my wife, my the fact that my plant's not dead today, those kind of yeah. things. So I try to take different, either it's an item or it's a person. I try and go back every day and think about a relationship that I've had at some point in my life. Mm -hmm. That has made a difference for me. How about yourself? Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, I, I do it first thing in the morning is the journaling part of it. That's part of it. Sometimes I do gratitude. Sometimes I do. And something I learned was learn your language. So it's, okay, what am I saying to myself right now? How's my, how's my mind right now? How's my heart? Number two is, you know, review my direction. You know, how am I doing on the goals that I have set out for myself? my vision of what I want to do that day, that week, that month, how am I doing with that? One thing that I'm still working on is vision, as far as seeing the vision with clarity. Because that's another thing that, you know, we're, we're taught in this world, in this realm of personal de development is you got to have a clear vision. If you don't have a clear vision, how do you know where you're going? Mm -hmm. That's why I like review your direction. I know the direction I'm going to go in and if we get too attached to the clarity of that vision and it doesn't happen the way we see it happening, if we're too attached to it, then that can create stress and anxiety because, oh man, it didn't happen that way. Well, I'm, I'm going in the direction 
I've got that written down. I know where it's going. And I base my days off of that heading in that direction. You got to be prepared for life's different obstacles mm-hmm. and changes, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You set out on a plan. There's always going to be potential problems that come in with that. I, I, I do struggle as well with the vision side of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having just, you know, the direction of where I'm going for the next three, six months and knowing that I'm on path there, that helps out a lot. How do you keep this mindset of abundance when these obstacles are happening? You know, you mentioned earlier before we got on the line and started recording that you had issues with your dog. Uh, but also you have, uh, you have three kids and I have to ask this question because I don't have kids yet, but I have some clients that have kids. How do you do it when your kids don't sleep well? How do you keep this mindset going? Well, I mean, we're past, you know, we're at a good point now where my girls are older. So it's, it's not as big of a, an issue, with especially the sleep part of it. But now they're into other activities. And it's, it's all how we talk to ourselves. Again, it goes back to that. And the words that we tell other people, where some people might look at our schedule for this week and be like, oh, my God, it's so crazy. It's cr- like that word right there. It's got a crazy week. And you're putting yourself right into that mindset of stress and anxiety when you say words like crazy and I'm so busy. And that, I, I, I made it a mission the past six months to not use the word busy to describe my schedule because mm-hmm. that I think it may have been Gary Keller as well who uh, mentioned that busy is uh, a word that people use when they don't know what their priorities are. That's perfect because priorities, you're right. It's knowing what your priorities are. And, you know, sometimes mine get shifted around, you know, tonight, you know, my, let's see, what do we got? You know, it's tomorrow night. We have two basketball games and then there's something at my daughter's high school and we're going to make it work. I'll have it all planned out. You know, my wife will be doing some things. I'll be doing others. And it's that part of the seasons we talk about. It's not going to be every day that these things happen, but it's, we plan around it. And how do you do this when, the crap hits the fan or when something pops up, it all goes back to training when those variables aren't there. So just like with, again, I use a lot of sports analogies. I love sports. Please do. I do as well. When you said rebounding earlier, I was thinking Dennis Rodman Bulls early 1990s. Well, I, Dennis Rodman, the Pistons, late 80s. That's what actually. Oh, you're going back now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah, that's right. Just like you think, they don't start the season in the playoffs. There's a whole regular season leading up to the playoffs where they get ready for it. And then it gets ramped up. So if we're not preparing our bodies for that time, and I'll use health as an example. If you're going on vacation in a month, for me, it's not like, well, I'm going on vacation in a month. I'm just going to eat like crap this whole, this whole month because I'm going to ruin my diet then anyway. Mine's like, okay, I'm going to build my body up because I know I'm probably not going to be eating as, as nutritious as the food. I'll probably have some drinks and to, to build up that reserve in your body. So I think that is key. That being said is I'll go back to sleep, you know, especially if you have some listeners that are you know, younger dads, it's being regimented. You know, you gotta be consistent. We were so regimented with our kids sleep. My, my middle one, she was not a good sleeper and it took a month to train her as far as, you know, this is when she was, well, five, six months old, put her in bed and she'd look up right away and she'd start crying if I left the room. So I would just stand by her crib, rub her back till she fell asleep. And then I would sneak out. And then it would be, I'd put her down 
and I would just stand by the crib. And then once she fell asleep, I'd walk out. Then I'd sit by the crib. And I would just get progressively farther towards the door. That took practice on my part to do that. Rather than that quick fix of, oh, she'll just go to bed if she comes and sleeps, comes sleeps in our bed. But that's not healthy. I know parents where their two, or two, three, four-year-olds still sleep in their bed with them. That's not healthy for them. It's not healthy for the parents either. So it's like with sleep, it's just regimented. And you can say that same thing for food. You know, our girls, they eat a pretty healthy diet, but they still don't eat everything that we do. I'm sure when you were a kid too, Boomer, that the food that you eat now isn't the same thing that you liked when you were a kid. Uh, I was the the chubby 12-year-old who didn't eat very well. And then I kind of learned my lesson roughly Mm -hmm. around then that girls don't want to talk to the chubby 12-year-old. And early on, my wife started making like three different dinners. Like when we had two of our girls and, you know, we still had the baby, you know, our youngest was the baby. She's like, this is ridiculous. You know what? They're going to eat what we eat. And we're not going to give them a ton of food. Like, again, I see a lot of parents put a ton of food on their kids' plates, hoping that they'll just eat some of it. But then it's, it's training them that, okay, I don't have to eat all of it. Or it's like huge portions. Just give them like one carrot. Give them you know, for vegetables. Don't give them a huge mound of green beans if they don't like it. Give them one bean. Get them trained in the habit. And that goes for geez, any habit there is. You got to start slow and realize the change doesn't have to happen overnight. Yeah. So I hope that's a long answer to the question of how do you do it you know, in times where life gets in the way. I appreciate you taking the time to do that because uh, obviously I mentioned earlier, I don't have kids, but it's a question I get a lot from some Mm -hmm. of our more frequent listeners is how do you get sleep and how do you deal with these situations when uh, you have three young kids who don't necessarily sleep? So thank you for taking the time to to walk through that. Now, going on to just additional resources on mindset and particularly abundance mindset, which ones do you recommend for people if they want to learn more? You obviously mentioned Carol Dweck earlier, Mm -hmm. uh, but what other resources do you recommend? I'm going to give you two under the radar ones that I'll be shocked if you've, if you've heard about, because I've, you know, I'm part of a lot of groups, you know, on Facebook groups, and I've never seen these referenced. So that's why I want to give you these two. Actually, yes. I'm going to give you the two. One is, and I got them here so I can show you, called Dream Big, Think Small. And it's, it's 30 days. It's like a 30-day type thing that you read. You just read one chapter a day and implement it. Uh, my best friend gave this to me well, about a year, year and a half. Jeez, time flies, so who knows? Sometime mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. And it's his pastor out you know, in Ada, Michigan. He wrote it. And it's just it's that same thing we were just talking about right there is, yes, we want to dream big, but it comes with the small steps. That's what's going to create that abundance. That's what's going to create the life that you want, the, the business that you want, the relationships, the relationships that you have with your spouse. For me, example, is sometimes we take it for granted, and I have to make sure that I'm not taking it for granted, and that's part of building that abundance is with my family with yeah my, my spouse and my and my wife and my kids so that's the first one the second one is actually from my mentor from uh brian grasso mindset matters most mm-hmm. so right there it says it there and it goes through the four steps of acceptance awareness accountability and adaptation on how to reprogram your subconscious mind for abundance in all those different areas of life so those are the two biggest ones that i like 
and I refer to. There's, you know, obviously the Miracle Morning that I really, really like to get your mind focused in the morning. Mm-hmm. The one thing that we talked about, mindset. Those are the, the main ones that I like. Have you, I know you, what was the guy's name that you mentioned? Uh, Peter Diamandis. Yeah. So Peter Diamandis is a big one. And because I, I find myself rooted in data and statistics a lot, he uh-huh. said a lot of things about uh, the world today being the safest it's ever been, which you wouldn't realize if you're watching most U.S. news networks. Uh, but it's the safest it's ever been. We now have almost an abundance of food, particularly in developed nations. Mm-hmm. For people, I mean, if you think about it, I can get kale 365 days a year. And mm-hmm. just having and tweaking your mindset so that you can can recognize these things is all good for society rather than looking at the person next to you and saying oh they have a better car some like the stories that you said earlier hale elrod is definitely a good one Uh, that's one i've only read recently carol Mm -hmm. dweck her book mindset and most of her research is pretty powerful but for everybody listening i'll link to all these in the show notes it's decodingsuperhuman.com backslash abundance mindset and so we'll, we'll link to all of these resources, of course. But any other ones you want to throw out there for people? Right now I'm reading Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. I'm you know, right in the first part of that. And that mm-hmm. gets really into the science of changing how the brain works. Uh, the other thing that I always recommend to people is look at who you hang out with because the people you spend the most time with are the people that you'll ultimately become. There's some sort of Tim Ferriss or Jim Rohn type quote out there that the five people you surround yourself most with uh, end up being the people that you become. But that's actually true. And it caused me to rejigger my, my, fam- my family. You can't really do that. <laughs> but my friends and who I really focused on spending time with. So it, that, that's a key one for people. Mm-hmm. But all right, uh, Ryan, before we, before we go, well, first to summarize. In order to develop this concept of abundance mindset, which we looked at as sort of happiness and living a fulfilled life, uh, you can go through the process of acceptance, awareness, accountability, and adaptation. And we'll link to that book that you mentioned as well. Uh, You can use things like uh, gratitude practices in the morning, as well as journaling. But what other things should we give people as takeaways? Any particular technologies that you like to use as well? Again, I'm pretty simple. You know, I use pen and paper <laughs> for a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I use Google Docs so then I can take that with me every, anywhere I go. Mm-hmm. You could create, you know, when I've done training with men's health coaching, like the mindset part of it, I create a, a secret Facebook page. It's just me and, me and him. And he sends me his thoughts. Like he's, I'm the daily tracker. On there is the daily tracker. He posts how he's feeling twice a day. And so that I can see where his mind is. I can see how to help him, you know, progress past that point and grow past that point. So that, you know, Facebook, if you are like a health coach or coaching anybody, it could be in business. That could be a good one. Just creating a secret Facebook page. That's actually, that's a brilliant idea. I may steal that one from you, by the way. And now, where can people find out more about you, Dr. Ryan? The best place is fitfamilyman.com. I created that because through the, over the last 20 years or so, uh, I've been a personal trainer and youth conditioning specialist, uh, strength and conditioning specialist, uh, chiropractic sports physician, all those things. And, and obviously with what my 
my grandma went through and what I learned that I want to take care of myself so I can take care of my family. I wanted to do that for family members, dads, husbands who struggle when life gets in the way. All too often, when life gets in the way, what takes precedence usually is our business, our kids' activities, our wife's, you know, our responsibilities around the house, then our health and fitness takes a back seat. But I'm not sure, I think uh, Mickey Mantle said it was, if I'd known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of my health. So I like that one. And whatever has to last has to come first. But all too often that as family men, we put other people first. And moms do this too. But with family men, dads, husbands, they put everything else first before their health. And then it goes down the crapper and then they're struggling to get back. So this is a site that I created with that where I do, it's called the Fit Family Man Academy, where it's just personal one-on-one coaching, a 12-week program for me and whoever I'm coaching. And then I'm building a membership site off the back end of that. So that's that. And I'm going to be launching that more after uh, I'm going to be having an online virtual summit about like abundance mindset with 30 like top abundant mindset gurus out there where you can get all in one place. And that's going to be uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, so that's the first slot, fitfamilyman.com. And if you go to fitfamilyman.com slash focus, you can download the free focus guide. I use the word focus for mindset because it fits into my, I call it the fit family man six pack, which is focus, which is your mindset, which fitness, food, function, which is your nervous system activity and posture and spine. Your, uh, Faith, that's, that's a new one that I've actually added. And then refresh, which is sleep. I couldn't find an F word for sleep, so that's why I had to take some liberties with refresh. <laughs> and I'm sure you've been through the, the dictionary and thesaurus on this one, so. Yeah, but hey, if that's anybody. Brilliant. I love it. But yes, that's what I help men to, to optimize, build a strong body, get a focused mind, and then so they can live that fulfilled life that we talked about with abundance. And then it always can go to Facebook to the fit family man. Awesome. We'll link to all of this in the show notes again, decodingsuperhuman.com backslash abundance mindset. Dr. Ryan, thank you so much for being on today. This has been fantastic. We'll, we'll provide all the resources, everything in the show notes, but thank you again for joining us. And I really appreciate it to all the superhumans out there. Thank you for listening. Before you leave there, superhuman, can I ask one favor? Can you go over to iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you listen to your podcast on, and leave us a five-star rating, maybe a couple of comments if you don't mind. It really helps get the word out on Decoding Superhuman. It also provides me feedback on what guests you want to have on the show, but also what problems or areas you're having in your life that you want us to tackle. Thank you very much, and have an epic day.